Good morning, everyone. This is Brother Joseph coming at you today. Today is December the 6th, 2020, glory to God. And uh, I'm here bringing you the word of the Lord, amen. The gospel of the kingdom, amen. The good news. Laying another foundation, amen. Laying another foundation about the word of God. As the scripture says about... Um, about uh, Abraham, right? The Bible teaches us that he sought for a city whose builder and maker was God. And uh, <clears throat> let me share that verse with y'all. And I was meditating on this a little bit this morning. And uh, this is in Hebrews. Um, <clears throat> 11.10, but I want to read the one preceding to that, Re Revelation 21.14, it says, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, and he talked with me, <clears throat> he talked with me, and he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And what really struck out to me, it says, and, and, and the 12 foundations, amen, more than one foundation, in other words, as we know from Hebrews chapter 6, six foundational principles, we know those are obviously the word of God, amen, the, the foundational principles, but if we look at those scripture in Hebrews 11.10, the Bible says, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God, so it wasn't a, a, an accident or a typo there that they would put the word foundations, right? <clears throat> and what I'm trying to say is that there's more than just, you know, there's more than just getting born again to the kingdom of God. There's more than just walking in the kingdom of God. There's learning how to walk as a father, learning how to walk as a, as a mother, learning how to walk as a wife, as a husband, learning how to walk as a, as a young child, male and female, right? Learning how to conduct ourselves in all areas, in all situations, wherever we're at, right? Learning about, um, <clears throat> you know, the origin of where we came from, right? What the purpose of God in our lives is and how the purpose is discovered by going back to our origin. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, and then there's, uh, you, know, you know, how do we conduct ourselves out there in the world, right? How do we conduct ourselves in our business? If we have business, kingdom business, glory to God. And how do we manage ourselves in all these given situations, right? And uh, and so, again, the foundations, right? There's many, many different things in, uh, of the Word of God, foundations that we need to discover and understand. And we're not going to do that, though, without fathers. Amen. Fathers of the faith. Amen. Men of God that are willing to train us and teach us about the ways of God. And uh, anyway, like I said, where are the fathers, right? As, as the scripture says in First, first, uh, first Corinthians 4. And Paul says, though you have 10,000 instructors, yet have you not many fathers. And what was interesting, too, about the apostle Paul, he says he wouldn't go and build on another man's foundation. Isn't that interesting that he didn't go to build on another foundation? Where, where, in other words, 
if you if you look at that a little bit more closely and if you understand about <clears throat> how difficult it is to make disciples right and how much work it requires and how much discipline it requires for us to come to a place amen uh, as a son of god as a fully matured son of god right a we us and how difficult that is to make disciples right and it's the same thing with any other thing that we're learning for example uh i met a sister in the lord amen and uh she happens to um she 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 well i i applied for a position to be a trainer in uh, computer networking right networking technologies and whatnot and uh it's also interesting to me that <clears throat> that uh you know this is right along the vein of what i already do as a career right so but this time i'm going to get paid for it by training so but what the point is is that as long as you stay in your in your in your graces and your strengths you'll always be successful all right now the question is well what are those graces and what are those strengths what are my anointings what are my callings what are my selections you see well, you can't get that without understanding your origin. You must be born again, right? Now, I know we're going to get into prayer in a minute, but this is on me, so I'm going to go with it. So, but the scripture says that Paul says about foundations. See if I can find that verse. Let's see here. And give me a second here. There was a verse I was reading this morning. And uh, Paul said, I will not lay and I will not build on another man's foundation. Well, let's just leave it at that. So what the Lord revealed to me there is that knowing how difficult it is and how arduous the duty of warfare, right? We know the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3, right? 2 Corinthians 10 3. Although we walk in the flesh, we do not war, right? The word war, all right? It says here to make a military expedition to lead soldiers to war to battle spoken of a commander to do military duty to be on active service to be a soldier to fight and then it says to serve in a military campaign right to execute the apostolate with its arduous and this word arduous here all right we'll look up the definition for the word arduous It says high and lofty in a literal sense as arduous path, difficult, attend with great labor, like the ascending of acclivities. I don't even know what that word means. As an arduous employment task or enterprise, so difficult, attend with great labor, right? So if we look at this word, well, the point is, is that, the point is, is that, uh, it says it's arduous. It's an arduous duty. Amen. And then, then it says here in the definition, 2 Corinthians 10, 3, about the word war. All right. Let's go back to that now. Uh, to execute the apostolate. So to contend with carnal inclinations. So knowing how difficult it is to make disciples, Paul said that I won't lay... A foundation and I won't go do another work on that other men have labored there because he knew that these men that have labored there you know if their doctrine is wrong if their doctrine is out of order if their doctrine is not in line with the Word of God then he's gonna to have to undo all that wrong thinking wrong philosophy wrong view worldly principles worldly views mixed in with the kingdom of God in other words Babylonian he knows that it's gonna be a difficult task to deal with people that have already been trained and taught in certain manners and certain things related to the kingdom of God or the word of God and some of it might be wrong and out of order in other words so the difficulty in working with that and trying to undo the work of the devil and sowing all this perverted seed you see and he was very adamant against these things and uh, but the point is is that there's many foundations and many things that we need to comprehend and understand about the kingdom of God right and the scripture says that <clears throat> That, the, that, that there was, like I said, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations, amen, 12 foundations, 12 firm, amen, after the order of Jesus Christ, amen, Jesus Christ's foundation, the, the foundation of the apostles and prophets, 
Jesus Christ being himself being the chief cornerstone. And the word foundations <clears throat> laid as a foundation, the foundation of a building, a wall, or a city. Well, we know, right, anybody that's ever done any kind of construction, and I, I, I'm not uh, a constructor as far as working with wood and stuff, but I am an individual that understands how to work with networking and, and technologies and stuff and how to build the foundation properly. And so, the, 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 and the thing is that the foundation is not built properly, then there's going to be a problem somewhere along the way in the, in the constructing and the, and the raising up of the edifice, right? So the foundation is important, amen, obviously. It says, metaphorically, the foundation, the beginnings, the first principles of institution or system of truth. The foundations are so important, amen, in our lives. And, and, and interestingly enough, the way God had it set up, right? My goodness, Father, I bless you. The way God had it set up is that God made Adam... Eve, amen. The Bible says that he took her out of his rib. He took a rib and he carved her out, man. And then he closed the flesh, amen. The original surgeon, glory to God. The one who made us. He closed the flesh. And then um, <clears throat> Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She came from me, in other words. She originated from me, amen. And the thing is, is that we can never find our purpose until we go back to our origin. So it is in the family structure of a wife, a sister in the Lord has to find her place in her husband. And that's a hard pill to swallow, right? Knowing that the undoing that has to be done of all the perverted thinking and replaced with the righteous thinking, amen? Incorruptible seed, in other words. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. So in other words, there has to be a freshness, a newness that has to be birthed to understand our roles in the place of the kingdom of God and all these functions that we do as a father, as a husband, as a young man, as a young woman, as a baby, as a toddler, male, female, etc. And and again, the pressure of all these seeds that have been planted already, right? These these perverted seeds out there and undoing all that seed, right? This apostolic campaign, this this arduous duty, this executing of, uh, of, of dealing with carnal inclinations, right? These strongholds that build up. So, <clears throat> praise God. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity, this precious time, Father God, to bring forth the kingdom, to bring forth your word, amen, of heaven, the culture of heaven, and how we function on earth as it is in heaven, glory to God. I thank you, Lord, for those that are partaking, those that will partake in the future, Father. I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord God, and how that you're not a man that you should lie, Lord God, neither the son of man that you should repent, amen. You will not change your word, Father God. You will not alter the thing that's going forth out of your mouth. Amen. It's, 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 it's forever set, glory to God. And it will forever be an understanding of truth that we have to understand and learn, glory to God, as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you, Father, and I thank you, Lord God. And I thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I was saying, you know, the, <clears throat> the foundation is so critical, amen. And so today... We're going to be discussing <clears throat> the two fathers and, and the parallel between the fathers that are uh, fathers of the flesh, amen, which corrected, corrected us for their own pleasures versus the fathers of the spirit, amen. So, <clears throat> and then on top of that, looking at how Babylon has confused all this, uh, the fatherhood principle and what God intended. And setting up the structure from the very beginning, he instituted male and female. He instituted male and female, right? He gave them the structure that they were going to need to be able to understand their function and their order in life. But when the father and the mother are not in their right place, and when they're not in agreement teaching the same thing, preaching the same thing, testifying to the same thing, if they're not building a relationship with the father and one another, well, there's going to be conflicts and problems. All right. So, again, <clears throat> where are the fathers, right? Well, as Paul said, though you have 10,000 instructors, yet have you not many fathers. Well, so now let's look at this. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, 5 through 11. I might read that in a couple of translations. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. 
Praise God. If you guys have any questions, make sure and post them. I'll do my best to answer them now or email me. CreateDisciples at gmail.com. Glory to God. Brother Joseph at EquipMyPeople.org. If you want to send it there as well. Now, let's take a look at this. First of all, I had a question posed to me during the Tuesday discipleship training. We were talking about the doctrine of baptisms, and we were talking about the baptism into his sufferings. And the brother brought up a point that says that this is not something that you can teach a babe, right, about suffering, <laughs> a babe in the Lord, right? And so <clears throat> if we look back at Hebrews chapter 6, hold on now. Hebrews chapter 6, actually 5.12. Hebrews 5.12, let's start with that. I'm sorry, verse 11. Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. All right? <clears throat> now that tells us right there that there should be an attitude, a mindset, all right, a, a, an ability to hear under, amen, through the willingness of your own soul to bring your soul under control, amen, by your spirit. And cause that soul man to hear under, to hear attentively, right? So he says, <clears throat> verse 11, Hebrews 5, 11, Of whom we have many things to say, okay? Much logos to teach you and preach at you and show you. And hard, all right, difficult of explanation to be uttered, amen? Which is the word legal, to lay forth, to set a discourse, or to set, a, uh, set forth a discourse. It's difficult to set forth the discourse. Now listen to this. Seeing you are, all right, you have become, you have generated into dull of hearing. Dull is the word sluggish, lazy of hearing. Hearing is the word uh, hearing in the sense of things heard. <clears throat> so there's many things to say seeing, you're, seeing you are dull of hearing. Now, how do we get dull of hearing, right? Well, we're, we're listening and we're allowing to come into our lives foundation and teachings and principles that haven't built, been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We're allowing our lives to take heed to the world and what the world is dictating and preaching, right? We're allowing uh, uh, false teachers, false prophets, false teachers, false evangelists, false shepherds, right? False prophets, right? Prophet, pro evangelist, prophet, pastor, teacher, shepherd. Evangelist, prophets, teachers. Evangelist. Okay, anyway. <laughs> In other words, we're allowing the wrong voice to come into our lives. The wrong foundation. And when I say wrong, I'm not talking about the word that they're not speaking. Is not the word. I'm saying that it's in the wrong spirit. It's not, in the, it's not after the foundation of the apostles and prophets. It's at the foundation of organized religion. Babylon. Amen. The mother of all. The mother of harlots. The scripture calls in Revelation. In other words, it's all mixed, confused. All right. And then the output is always going to be how to better yourself. Right. Not how to better Jesus Christ. Not how to lift up and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. So seeing you have, you we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. And then he says, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. Amen. So in other words, <clears throat> you have those that are out there and they got a message, right? And all they're doing is teaching you about being born again. And the point, the, fa the fact of the matter is there's so much more than just being born again, right? That is the beginning. But guess what? Every time there's a new <clears throat> area of the kingdom of God that Jesus Christ has to take in your heart, there's another regeneration that's happening in that area. Being born again, it's not just a one-time event. It's a regenerating from above, a new understanding, and therefore taking over a new land, a new area of your heart that hasn't been conquered for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is a king and a priest, right? And what do kings do? They take land. Where is the land that they're taking? Well, Jesus Christ is taking the land of your heart. Any area that's not submitted to the lordship of Jesus Christ, he's going to come after it. And he's going to do it after your spirit, amen? <clears throat> the scripture says the... the Let's see here. 
Let's see here. The spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. What do you think he's searching for? He's searching where there's darkness. And where there's darkness, he's going to bring light. In him was life, Zoe, and the Zoe was the force of man. Okay? He's going to bring revelation and comprehension and understanding to that area that's out of order in our lives. And take that land, amen, as a king and rule that area of our lives. Now, let's look at now <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 2 verse 5 through, what did I say here? 5 through 11. All right? And you have forgotten, okay? Again, how did we get dull of hearing? Well, we're allowing wrong teaching and wrong understanding through the wrong spirit to get into our lives. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. Now, mind you, every time this word children is used, all right, and, and child and my son, it's the Greek word weos. Weos means fully matured son, okay? Now, my son, my as unto we us, my we us, my full and matured son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when you are rebuked of him. So there's a few things that happen here when we get corrected. And when the Lord is correcting our lives, we can either despise it, which means who can do this? I give up, right? And have little regard for, disesteem. Who are you to tell me, you see? And so and it's and it's very apparent right now in the world in our in our situations where Individuals despise authority of all levels. Their, their, their parents, their fathers and mothers, their coaches, their teachers, right? Their, their instructors in any form, their, their, their bosses at work, right? The police system and what, what that is all about and maintaining order. Everywhere we go, there's despising of authority every, every time you turn around. So we despise not, it says despise now, don't disregard or don't disesteem Thou the chasten of the Lord, nor faint when you're rebuked of him. Okay, so you can faint. Faint mere is the word to relax, to give up. Who can do this, in other words? And then there's another aspect. Again, <clears throat> you can be wearied. Verse 3 here, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied. Okay, wearied is to toil, to tire. All right? And faint, again, relax in your minds. The word minds here is the Greek word suke, which is soul. Your mind, your will, and your emotions have to be dealt with by the Lord. And there's another foundation that has to be understood about this soul mind, right? About our mind and our will and our emotions and how the Word of God deals with each area in bringing salvation to the soul. Buddy Christ, remember, and I've shared this many times, when you get born again, it's not your soul that gets saved. It's your spirit, man, glory to God, that gets born again and refreshed and anew. And that spirit, man, now has the divine nature of God. Now to be able to reveal and show and shine forth, amen, unto the glory of God, the ears of our lives that are out of order, and therefore bring order to our lives because of our obedience and our love for Jesus Christ. Amen. For whom the Lord loves, all right, verse 6, he, he, the Lord loves, he chastens, he trains up as a child, he educates. He disciplines. And scourgeth. Scourgeth is to, to flog. In other words, at times it's necessary for the word of the Lord to come forth with, the, with a lot of strength against the soul of an individual because the soul is very strong and needs to be torn down. But not stayed there in that position, right? Torn down and, and feeling afflicted. But raised up now in the glory of the Father through obedience. Amen. So, and scourgeth every son whom he receives. So, if God receives you, he's going to discipline your life. All right? To accept near is receive. If you endure, all right, if you stay under, the word endure here is the word hupomino. If you endure, stay under, remain, undergo, bear trials and have fortitude and persevere the chastening, okay, the training up, the education and so on, so on. This word is a little bit different. This is the word education or training, correctness. In other words, get you correct. God deals, all right, God dealeth with you. Deal is to bear towards lead to to treat you as sons for what son is he when the father doesn't correct amen but if you be without chastisement right without correction without discipline without training whereof all are partakers you see the question is is that when you're a partaker of being disciplined and trained are you going to submit to authority and obey right all of us have to deal with authority at some level in our lives 
the question is, are you being obedient, right? <clears throat> and coming under authority. Then are you bastards and not sons? So see, we are right here, we have a picture portrayed for us. Is that those that cannot receive correction and come under authority, the scripture calls them bastards. What does that mean? That means they're without a father. In the natural, right? When a son, a daughter is born and their father leaves the, 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 the family institute, the father leaves his wife and his children to chase after whatever, pipe dreams, right? Another woman, a bigger career, I got to move, you know, I got to get away. See, he's all these responsibilities God has put on his life, amen. And the order of what God set up for the male as a father and as a husband has now been taken out, of, out by the enemy, the devil, which is exactly what he wants. He wants this institution of the, of the father, of a husband and a wife that become fathers and mothers to be disrupted and totally brought into chaos. Because he knows, he knows it's the institution, it's the, it's the place where you're going to get constituted and you're going to get taught and trained in the ways of God. All right. So then <clears throat> we don't want to be bastards. Amen. We want to come under authority. We want to listen to authority. We want to be we want to receive correction. Amen. We don't want to make it hard on those that are trying to correct us. Furthermore, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them much reverence. Shall not shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live for they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit. Why does God correct our lives? He's doing it to profit us. The word profit here is to bear together, right? To conduce, to collect, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. thereby. Amen. The peaceable fruit of righteousness because you've come under the government of God in your life. You've submitted to authority, in other words. Now, so that's, 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 that's what we're going to be covering today. Now, in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, we have a principle here that talks about after the flesh and after the spirit, right? John chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. For there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night, and he said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. All right. And interestingly enough, there's a lot of them out there that are doing the miracles of God, but they don't have the fatherhood of God. They're not training and making disciples. They're, as, 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 the, as the title says of this outline, the two fathers. <clears throat> One father, the scripture says that God, God changed the name of Abram to Abraham. Abram meant an exalted father. Abraham meant a father of many nations. Now, and isn't it interesting in the Babylonian system, we have this pastoral, right, duties, right, the roles, and these are all exalted fathers. They're not fathers of the faith. They're not fathers that are producing disciples, right, making disciples, right? They're not birthing sons and daughters, amen, after the Lord Jesus Christ <clears throat> in the respect that they're being trained and taught, all right? And after the Father, in other words, in the right spirit and the right foundation. Now, so we know that, that God is with him, right? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So we know we've got to see it. We've got to comprehend. We've got to see this kingdom of God, right? Nicodemus, now listen to the statement Nicodemus said here. Saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Generated again is the word born there. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born, generated, of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And entering means is that now it's part of your life, amen. It's the way you live. It's the way you conduct yourself, amen. You don't listen to the worldly stuff. You don't you don't partake of all that worldly trash. You know you don't you you guard your heart everywhere you go, amen. You don't allow your soul. You don't allow your soul to step out of line and chase after something that's not of God. All right. <clears throat> That which is born, verse 6, of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So you see here, there's there's two sides to this thing. One of them is born after the flesh, the other is born after the spirit. One father is Babylonian, and he's only thinking about himself and how to make his pockets fat. The other side of that is that there's some that are starting to see the revelation of the kingdom of God, but they still don't know how to break away from Babylon, right? 
And then you have fathers of the flesh that their only interest is to do the will of the Father in the earth. Because as sons of God, they represent the Father. Amen. And there's only two things you can do with authority. You can represent or substitute. If you're representing, that means you're doing your own thing outside of what that word says. If you're substituting, I'm sorry. If you're representing, you're doing the word of God, the will of God, the way of God, and so on. But if you're substituting, you're doing your own will outside of God's word. Two, two things are represent, substitute. Now, the thing is, is that if you allow your spirit, man, amen, because the scripture says that the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmities. In other words, when your soul, man, steps out of line, your spirit, man, should be roping him back in. Whoa, there. You see what I'm saying? You should be bringing your soul, man, back under authority, amen, so that if you're, for example, if you're, if you're driving down the freeway and you're speeding and, 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 and you've allowed your soul to step out of line, step out of the boundary, guess what? You're going to get, if you get caught, that means you were not taking heed to your spirit. And therefore now there's a messenger that, that represents authority that's coming to your life to bring you under under authority. And and, and and many times you'll get a spanking, a ticket, <laughs> and you'll have to pay some money there. So we see here that that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit, right? Now, in, 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 in Genesis chapter 15, 1 through 6, we're going to read that because... We're going to see here the Ishmael principle or the works of the flesh. And see, the works of the flesh, this is what the Babylonian system produces is works of the flesh. Dead works, in other words. So in, in Genesis chapter 15, amen. And after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God... What wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus? And Abraham said, Behold, thou hast given me no seed, and lo, one born in thine house is mine heir. So, again, there wasn't, there wasn't any seed brought forth after Abram. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This, this shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven. Amen. And tell the stars if thou be able to know them. And he said, said unto them, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Amen. Now, the thing about it is, is that, so God told him, I'm going to promise you something. I'm going to give you something. Amen. Out of, out of promise. Amen. Out of my word that I've spoken to you. Now, in verse, chapter 16, verse 1, now Sarai, now keep in mind, Sarai, her name was also changed from Sarai, which is which that word means. All right, it means domin dominative. All right, dominating. In other words, a, a wife that's out of order. Amen. Now, Sarah, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. Now, Hagar means to flee or to flight. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me for bearing. I pray thee, go into my handmaid, and it may be that I may have obtained children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. So Abram listened to the wrong voice right here. Man, he was dull of hearing. He should have been patient and waited on the Lord for his promise to be fulfilled. But they came up with the plan to say, this is how God wants us to do it. And see, when you're, not, when you're under that Babylonian system, you're always coming up with ideas. I know what the Lord wants me to do. I know what the Lord wants me to do. I know what the Lord wants me to do. This is what the Lord said. This is what the Lord said. The problem is with that is that that's what that soul man is able to do. He's able to come up and produce all kinds of ideas and things that we need to be doing, need to be doing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and incidentally, none of that that's brought forth, God said to do it. In other words, it's coming out of your own soul. You're the ones that generate. You're the one that generated, and you're the one that brought it forth. And look how hard, and look how much struggling you're doing now. Now, and Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, the maid, her maid, the Egyptian, and Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that he, she conceived, so Sarah despised her mistress, as the scripture says, her mistress was despised in her eyes thought little of her right and Sarah said unto Abram my wrong be upon thee I have given my maid into thy bosom and when she saw that she had conceived I was despised in her eyes the Lord judge between me and thee 
And Abraham said unto Sarah, Behold, thy maid is in thine hand. Do unto her as it pleases you. And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. All right. So the point is, is there she had a son and his name was Ishmael. And Ishmael was a product of the flesh. And that's what I'm saying here. Every time we come up with the work of things to do, and I've done it myself now, mind you. I know what the Lord wants me to do. I end up doing it and all of a sudden it doesn't go anywhere. It's a struggle. It's a waste of time. It's a dead work, right? So <clears throat> the son of Agar was Ishmael. And Ishmael, the scripture says that, that, that he would war with his enemies, right? This is what the angel said to Hagar. Verse, verse 9, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, submit, return, go back and submit to authority, and submit thyself unto her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, But behold, thou art with child, and thou shalt bear a son, and call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. So God was merciful, right? And he shall be a wild man. Listen to this. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Now, in the same house, you have your spirit and your soul. The soul man is a wild man. The soul man doesn't want to come under authority. The soul man doesn't want to do the will of God. Your spirit man, as Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I was driving down the road. Uh, I was driving. Uh, let's see here. It was Friday and I was behind an individual. And his license plate said something to the effect of rebel, rebel zero one or something. I said, is that, is that, that's, that's pathetic, right? That's, a, that's exactly the picture of the soul. The soul is rebellious. He operates in the spirit of rebellion until he comes into the kingdom of God and learns how to submit to authority. So again, <clears throat> he's going to dwell in the presence. He's going to dwell in the presence of all his brethren. He's going to, you're going to have right now in your heart. In your soul and your body, your soul and your spirit. Your spirit man wants to do the will of God. The soul man wants to do the will of the flesh until he gets trained, right? Until he gets taught and trained in the ways of God. Now, back to our outline here. So the covenant of the natural, the natural. Galatians 4, 22 through 31. Now, we're going to see it now from the parallel of Galatians. And, and where this is quoted again, they quote this from, uh, from Genesis. So... Genesis 4.22, where it is written, The Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was born of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman, which is Sarah, was by promise. Which things are an allegory, okay? Allegory here is a word that means, let's see here, which things are an allegory means, uh, well, it didn't tell me there what I want to say. There, let's go there. To speak allegorically or in a figure. So this is a figure or an understanding that we need to understand here, a foundation. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai genders to bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is, in, is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answers to Jerusalem or Zion, which now is, as in, and is in bondage with their children. But Jerusalem, which is free, is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren, which means somebody that there could not produce children, thou that bearest not, for break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. All right, now, <clears throat> the principle there is teaching us something here. That the one that was barren and desolate by promise was able to have is able to do much more because she submitted to authority than the one that's 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 bound. Amen. Let me read it again. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. In other words, your spirit, man, I'm gonna be able to do more through your spirit, man, that you are you are gonna be able to do through your soul. Amen. If you learn to submit to authority. All right. Now we brethren are as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so is it now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and the works of the flesh, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. 
Amen. We are after Zion, glory to God. We are after that city of the living God, amen. As, as the scripture says, <clears throat> Abraham searched for, for a city with foundations and are, are, are the builder and makers God, amen. And the word here, <clears throat> so again, we, so then brethren, we are not children of the bond woman, but of the free, amen. After the spirit, glory to God, not after the soul man, which is again the work of the flesh. Now, the scripture says in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 46, Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, then afterward that which is spiritual. So the, the, the second man, which is your spirit man that was born last, is the one that's going to be over your soul, which is born first. The natural is the first. And it says here, and in, in, again, I read that earlier in Hebrews chapter 12, that they discipline for their pleasure in the natural side. So the correction that comes from a father in the natural was for his pleasure. But the scripture says, shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father's spirits and live, which he corrects us for our edification to build us up. Amen. To train us, to teach us. Now, first Corinthians four fifteen. Amen. First Corinthians four fifteen. For though we have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers, pateres, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel, glory to God. You were birthed from me as a spiritual father to you as sons of God and daughters of God unto the Father, glory to God. Not birthed unto themselves, birthed unto the Father, amen. That's what we should point in, we should be pointing everyone to, not back to ourselves, not as highly exalted fathers, but as father of a multitude, amen. When God spoke this to Abraham, he was speaking to him about something that God wanted to fulfill in the earth for God, not for Abraham. This is not about me and building disciples unto myself. This is about Jesus Christ, amen, and building sons of God, training sons of God, raising them up so that now Jesus can bring them to the Father. Amen. <clears throat> so, born of the Spirit, right? Th that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit, amen. It's birthed after the Spirit. It lives forever after the Spirit. Now, Isaac, the Isaac principle, Isaac was born of promise, amen. He was an heir of promise. The scripture says he was a son of God. He's the sons of God. The sons of God are the ones that are born, amen, after the spirit and live after the spirit and are receiving after the Lord after the spirit, amen. Not for the, 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 the pleasure, like I said, not for the, the, the pleasure of man, not for the pleasure of our fathers, amen. Now, Let's see here. Let's go ahead and go into now. And I'm going to just give some a uh, couple uh, understandings here. Galatians 4.24 talks about these are the two covenants. All right. The, the covenant of the two fathers, in other words. Galatians chapter 4. Verse 24. Which things are an allegory for these are the two covenants. You had one that came from from. Uh, Abram, and, the, and you had another that came from Abraham. God made a promise to Abram, and, and praise God, God fulfilled it, and he became a father of many nations as Abraham. In Galatians 4.28, the children of promise are after the Spirit. Amen. Galatians 25.22 through 28. Galatians 20, I'm sorry, um, Genesis 25.22. I want to read that one. Genesis 25.22. And the children, okay, verse 21, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. Okay? And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Wow. Now listen to that. Two nations, all right? Two manner of people are in thy bowels. The one is going to be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. The elder, which is your your firstborn, which is your soul, man, is going to serve your the younger, which is your spirit, man, which is born many, many years later after the spirit, amen? Now, so two nations, two manner of people, twins in your womb, two wives, Elkanah had two wives, uh, 
I'm not going to read all that, but 1 Samuel chapter 1, 1 through 28. 1 Samuel 1. I'm going to read just a little bit here. Verse 19, And they rose up in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to the house of Ramah. And Elkanah knew his wife, knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Now, Elkanah had two wives, amen, one that, that brought him forth. Verse 8, Then Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Hannah, why weepest thou? You see, so there's again the principle here that there was two Okay, here we go. Verse 2. And he had two wives. The name of one wife was Hannah, and the name of the other wife was Panenna. Hannah, now listen to this. Hannah means uh, favored. And the other wife was Panenna, which means, uh, let's see here. Let me look at that definition here. It says contracted. Okay, look at this definition. It says, pearl is round. So see, one of them was willing to do the will of God, and the other one would go around. <laughs> but the point is here, again, two wives showing the two contrasts. One was favored, one was round and round. All right? Now, the elder shall serve the younger. We read that. Not by works. All right? Now, Romans chapter 11, verse, Romans chapter 9, verse 11. Now watch this. For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger, glory to God. The elder, which is your soul man, again, is going to serve the younger, which is your spirit man. And another way to look at that, <clears throat> uh, not by works, amen. Jacob, the scripture says in, in, in 9.12 of Hebrews, same passage that we're in, Hebrews 9.12, uh, 13, I'm sorry, and it is written, Jacob have I loved, and Esau have I hated. You see, the two twins that were born, Esau and, and Jacob, right? And, uh, wait a minute, Isaac. Yeah. Okay, so Jacob, the word Jacob means manipulator, but the problem, the issue is, is that Jacob came to know the Lord and he was humbled by the angel of the Lord and smote him on his thigh. But Esau, which sold his birthright, all right, for a bowl of soup, the scripture says, Esau have I hated, and there was no repentance found for Esau. See, that soul man will come back in regret and, 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 and seemingly repent before the Lord because he got caught, but there's no true heart repentance there. Now, in Matthew 20, 16, 22, 14, Mark 10, 31, and Luke 13, 30, the scripture talks about the first shall be last. The first that always wants to be first is going to be last, but the last is going to be first. And that's a prophetic principle there that we can understand how things are being restored back to the body of Christ by the Father. And that everything that the, that the enemies tried to put off now is becoming first. For example, apostles. We didn't believe in apostles, Right? And, and they, we know that they were there in the beginning. Why would they change knowing that the word of God is eternal? Well, now God is bringing it all full circle back. Because we need that anointing in the, in the body of Christ to teach us about our place and our part in the kingdom of God and to bring order. Amen? Spiritual fathers, amen? Men that have matured in season. So the scripture says the best wine for last. If we do not season and try to deliver the wine too soon, it will not have the power that the wine of the wine that is best because of its age. We need to be processed just like wine that is aged. Wine that is aged, wine that is aged and will deliver a strong anointing than wine that is new. Now, we must change our attitudes about this firstborn, the old wine, the wineskin. In other words, the attitude has to be changed so that when the new fresh revelation is delivered, the wineskin can manage the power of the fresh anointing. Amen. The wine must be delivered when it is strongest in its effect. As children, Napios, we are in bondage of the elements of the world, of the cosmos. In other words, we need to understand that you, until you become, until you come into maturity because you've been trained and disciplined and discipled and trained, 
and coming to a place where you understand how to serve, you see, that's the whole deal here is that we, we have to come to a place where we're children, sons of God that are serving. Amen. Now, a bastard son is birthed, not raised. Um, all right. So again, born of the flesh, that which is born, that which is natural. Amen. Again, we read that first Corinthians 15, 15, 15, 45, first Corinthians 15, 45. Let's look at that one again. First Corinthians 15, 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. When we're living after the spirit man, we're living after the second man. Glory to God. And as the earthy, such as they also that are earthy, carnal, in other words. And as is the heavenly, that which is born from above out of our spirit, such are they also that are heavenly. And, and as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Amen. Praise God. Now, so the first Adam was made a living soul. Again, 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 49. But the last Adam, glory to God, was made a quickening spirit. The first man is of the earth, the image of the earth, the reflection of glory, the natural representation, you see. Now, fathers of the spirit versus mentors of Babylon. Now, one thing we need to understand here is that you have fathers of the spirit, amen, that corrected us for to build us up and train us. And then you have fathers of the flesh, which corrected us after their own pleasures. But now there's also another mixture here is the ministers of Babylon, which are mentors. Now, mentor, if you know anything about that story, it's a Greek, Greek philosophy story. And mentor trained one of the sons of one of the gods in the in the uh, in that uh, Greek philosophy. Right. Of these, uh, you know, I don't know exactly. But but the problem, the point is, is that they were. <clears throat> The, the, the gods were leaving to go war and, and mentor stayed behind. I mean, mentor trained the son of one of those gods. All right. And, and in doing so, not only did he train him, but he also had a immoral relationship with him. A, an older man to a younger son, boy, son. Now, spiritual fathers. And the, the problem is with that is that we use the word mentor in the Babylonian system. But in the kingdom of God, we have fathers. Mentors, again... Or after themselves, fathers are building sons of God and daughters of God unto the Father by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, spiritual fathers of those who God esteems as sons, whom he loves, protects, and benefits above the others. Those whose character God is a loving father, shapes by chastisement. And that's in Hebrews 12, 5 through 13. Now, again, they forgot the exhortation. They were oblivious of it. They were hidden from it. And it says that speaks better, that thinks, that speaks that speaketh, amen, the exhortation that speaketh, to think differently with oneself, to mingle thought with thought, all right, and they, and then, so it says, we know that we understand this, and I read this earlier, that warfare is contending with carnal inclinations, all right, it's the apostolic career, 2 Corinthians 10, 10 3. now, this ministry of the apostolic career is as the same as a father with his children in the natural, the fatherhood principle, not the mentor principle, one is the kingdom of God, the other one is the kingdom of Babylon, imparted forth from the gospel and the soul of a spiritual father pater, like Paul was. It takes time to impart to sons, which means one imparting the fatherhood of God must lay down his own soul, even as Jesus did with the dearly beloved disciples. And Paul and those that worked with him were affectionately desirous and willing to impart to the sons and the daughters of God, the gospel of their own soul, which is First Thessalonians two eight. Now, they were willing. They were they were willing to. Uh, they approved. They appropriate, which means they recognized the good qualities. They helped shape and train these sons of God and daughters of God to get them into their place in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ, in the church. Now, <clears throat> the quality of having a soft heart is good ground, right? So, the quality of having the stony heart is flesh. So when the seed is sown, it needs to be planted in the right type of soil, amen, so that it will grow up. A mature father and a son understands when to sow and when to reap. The father understands the ground, the maturity of the son, and therefore knows how to, what to sow in that heart, the ground. 
Mentorship is the Babylonian way, the system of the fatherhood principle. The problem is that the mentor is not to the glory of God, but to the glory of self. Mentors preach and fathers teach because they have been imparted to them the light, the Zoe of God. A mentor will not lay down his suke, his soul. A father will always lay down his soul because he follows Jesus in his ways. Now in 2 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13. 2 Corinthians 10. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. But we will not boast of things without our amatros. We're not going to brag or move beyond what our boundary is. Amatros here means limited portion. I'm sorry. Amatros means excessive. But according to the measure, the metron, which means in your portion of the rule, the canon, which God distributed, amen, to, lay, to, to part out to us a measure, a metron to reach even unto you. So there's the law of distribution that God gives every spiritual father. And that father knows his boundary. Amen. Just as Paul did, he understood his metron was the canon. The rule of God is the word of God, you see. And that word of God must be what we measure up against, not one another, not idolatry after idolizing after somebody because it's got a certain type of clothes or a watch or car or whatever. We're measuring against the wrong things. We're comparing things that are amongst themselves. We're parent, comparing things amongst ourselves. The scripture says it's not wise. Now, in John 3, 27, John 3, 27, Amen. John answered and said unto him, A man can receive nothing except to be given him from heaven. You see, you can only impart what you've been, what you've received. You can only distribute what's been given to you. And, and if you're trying to distribute something that hasn't been given to you, then you're out of order. You're amatros, you see. And that's the thing about spiritual fathers, amen. They receive what they have received from the Lord. They give what they've received from the Lord, amen. To bring up sons of God and daughters of God, to bring them up to maturity. As it says in Hebrews 12. Mm. Verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit. Amen. That we might be partakers of his holiness. And his holiness means he separates you and sets you aside. Amen. And trains you and teaches you and bringing. Bring you, brings you through the process of discipleship and servanthood to come to a place where you serve willingly out of your heart, not for your own gain, not for a filthy lucre, amen, not to be no, noticed, amen, but only to the glory of the Father, amen, and receive honor from the Father, glory to God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to bring forth this bread of life. I love you, Father, with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, Lord. And I pray, Lord God, for those that have heard and those that will hear this word, that you would let it grow deep into their hearts, Father God, that they begin to understand, Father God, the covenant of the two fathers. I bless you, Father, and I give you praise, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There is
you, Lord Jesus. There's none like you. There is none.